What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? It's high noon on a Thursday afternoon. That could only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory for the next two hours here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. Between the two of us, we've got a decade of NFL experience and a really good head of hair. It's up to you to figure out the rest. But what you should know by now is if you want to chime in anytime here over the next 120 minutes, you can get at us on the dot com. Of course, I'm talking about the Twitter.com at Wesley Euler at the body 52. The body. Arthur Motes, just another quiet day in Steelers land. Man, you know, it's never anything going on during the off seasons <laughs> around here, especially during January. Whew. <laughs> rough month. So where do we start, Arthur Motes? Because we've got breaking news here uh, within the last hour or two, a whole bunch of it rolling in in terms of uh, direct decisions that the Steelers could be making uh, here in the next couple weeks. Where do you want to start? Quarterback? Offensive coordinator? Oh, man. Nice way to just bury your tease. But you know what, man? We'll go with the information that was recently revealed mm-hmm. within like the past 40 minutes. Yep. And that would be we have a quarterback coming to visit the Pittsburgh Steelers today, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. Quarterback who was a top 15 draft pick within the past two years. Correct. Had a uh, record-breaking season at his collegiate university during his final year of collegiate play. Ah, You know, it's funny uh, you bring that up. Uh, number 15 pick in the draft mm-hmm. from the La- Ohio State. A lot of talented players that we have on our roster from the Ohio State. You know, I remember a recent guy who was picked 15th overall yeah. from Ohio State. What was his name, by the way? Ryan Shazier, I think, ah, was his name. He was pretty good. Yeah, he was. He yeah, was, he, he was, was pretty good. That 15 spot. Yeah, Arthur Motes, Dwayne Haskins. Yes, indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, Dwayne Haskins is scheduled to visit your Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> Just was released um, in terms of the information about him coming to visit. was released, like I said, about 40 minutes ago. Um, for those that don't know, like I said, Dwayne Haskins was a top 15 pick, selected 15th overall in the draft to the Washington football team. 2019. Uh, yep, excuse me. Uh, played two seasons there. Um, was released, what, the last week? I think I was right last, before like, right the before last the, week of the season. Yeah, so week yeah. 16 he was released. Obviously it was a little bit of a immaturity on his part and some yes. of his decision-making wasn't the best, and that ultimately led to his um, release. But also remember the Washington situation the, or, the the group that released him wasn't the group that drafted him either. So that situation is not as typical as you normally would see in terms Correct. of, oh, if you release this guy, it has to be like something. Early. Yeah, it, it's not that they were giving up on him. It was more so no, just that's not their guy. I'm glad you pointed that out too because a lot of people I've seen on Twitter have done the whole, like, oh, you know, like doesn't, doesn't Dwayne Haskins have some issues or some off-the-field baggage? Nah. He's he's had some immaturity issues. Yeah, because in, in this, but he debate, hasn't had any criminal issues yes. off the field. There's a big difference there between well, a 22, 23 year old and, and doing something real. dumb and but, being having criminal charges. And, and this is my thing in terms of the narrative of being dumb or, or being immature. What he did by itself was not wrong, was not bad. The problem is, from an optic standpoint and from what the NFL was trying to accomplish, the timing of it made it look a lot worse, made it a lot you know, more uh, spotlighted than right. typically. I mean, Going to parties without exactly. wearing masks. Because let's be real, he could have had that exact same situation happen at his house, no cameras, no one talks about it, no one cares about it. It's not that you know, crazy for what he did. But because it's the pandemic, because the picture was taken, now everybody goes and reacts all crazily. When we already have talked about the whole scenario surrounding the mask and the details of it, mm-hmm. and when you talk about how the NFL has handled the situation. But in scenarios like this, when you do 
commit an act like that, you do open yourself up to some of this from my opinion, overreactions sure, for some of these sure. scenarios Absolutely. where, like you said, people view him as having baggage because he literally went to his girlfriend's birthday party at a club during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's I mean, a, like, like that's to me, seriously what it was. Like it, it wasn't drugs. It wasn't him beating somebody. It wasn't right. a robbery. It wasn't, assault, wasn't, wasn't a, a domestic DUI. violence. Yes. None of this. Right. But yet, that's the narrative we're going with. <laughs> like I, he has baggage. Like stop I that. Do, that's there, nonsense. There is a big difference to me between somebody who does something young and immature and foolish mm-hmm. than somebody with a criminal record. There Absolutely. is a big difference there. I'm sure you did Arthur Motes, but I don't want to speak for you, but I'll speak for myself. I did a lot of dumb things at 21, 22, 23 years old. Listen, man, I've done dumb things at 31, 32 years old. <laughs> and I probably will do more dumb things at 33, all right? It, it happens. It's life. Yeah, I'm glad we – because I did. I tweeted about this this morning um, because, I mean, Arthur Motes, you know I nail it all the time. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Yesterday on 970, hmm. we were talking about quarterbacks – and I literally said Arthur Motes less than 24 hours ago. No about, way. About 20 hours ago. No way. I said there's no way the Steelers are, are signing Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> now, this obviously doesn't mean that the Steelers are signing Dwayne Haskins. Right, right. But, he but they're up. at least doing an interview. Well, and, and I will say this. Typically, once the person does come in for an interview, that means the interest is pretty strong between both parties. Because right. if you don't value a person enough to even consider signing them, you're not going to waste your in time. These times. Yes, you're not doing a pandemic. A, yeah, a, you're a, not a about to bring Zoom that guy in here. or whatever, yeah. or bring him into Pittsburgh. All Absolutely. those protocol. Yeah, like you're not doing any of that if you don't have to. If it's not a person that you seriously are considering. But the biggest reason for the interview, and I think in this scenario because it's not health related, he hasn't had any injuries like that. But the biggest thing will be to have those conversations with him to see from a maturity standpoint because. Like we said, just the optics of your starting quarterback, right? At the time, he was the starting quarterback. That just doesn't look good no, for the organization. It does, it does not. No. And if you're doing it, then what does that message send down to the rest of the guys? So when you factor in all of those things, you get those type of decisions being made, those type of moves being made. And like I said, the the, the biggest reason why they were able to make the move and why they did make the move is because it's a whole new regime right. since he was drafted. I mean, that's what you. I mean, when you're playing a part of some of these organizations, no, it's, that uh, it, happens. <laughs> it, it, it's the same reason why, right? Josh Rosen was no picked question, like 11th yeah. or 12th, and, and, and then got traded, traded a, a year third later. Round pick the Absolutely. next year, different coach, different regime. That's not different our guy. GM. Yeah, not not just different coach, different GM as well, right. man. So, a lot of that played into this point right here. It, it's not an indictment on him on his career. He's not a lost cause. I mean, the kid is what twenty five, I think twenty three, twenty even younger, <laughs> yeah, twenty three years old. So it's like when you think about a twenty three year old former top fifteen pick, you, you yeah yeah, you, you don't just turn to you know you don't just close that chapter or not do your due due diligence at least. At least. Do, yeah. Because for me, is this right? You bring him in, and if they do sign him, the beauty is this. Worst case scenario, he provides great competition for Mason Rudolph. It allows Mason to know that, hey, just because I'm number two in the depth chart and you didn't bring back Duck Hodges, <clears throat> that doesn't mean that it's, you know, just, it's, it's just, just my just job. Yours and, yeah. Right, so I'm going to have to compete. I love that. But the flip side, that's worst case, right? Worst case, it makes Mason have a fire lit up under him. Best case? Is he's your future franchise quarterback when, absolutely. when seven rides off into the sunset. Absolutely. And, and, and let's be real. When we look back at that draft, we can look at the players that we took and the players, you know, that were available during that time frame. And, yeah, if I remember correctly, we weren't picking up around 15th in the draft right that Motes, year. <laughs> you and I did some if research on this. Yeah. You and I did some research on this. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Devin Bush was a top 10 pick. 
tenth overall. But we all know the Steelers had to move up from eight. Right. It to wasn't. 10 it wasn't organic. It, it to was, get him. Yeah. A, a guy that is fifteenth overall. The Steelers haven't had an opera. I mean, they've had so few opportunities to select. Let's go down the list here. Edmonds, 28th overall. TJ Watt, 30th. Artie Burns, 25th. Bud Dupree, 22nd. Ryan Shazier, like I said, 15th. Jarvis Jones, 17th. Dave DeCastro, 24th. Cam Hayward, 31st. Marquise Pouncey, 18th. Ziggy Hood, 32nd. Rashard Mendenhall, 23rd. Law Dog, Lawrence Temmons, 15th. I tell you what, they got a good pension for selecting good I'm linebackers. You, 15th 15, overall. They, hit, they hit on 15s now with linebackers. <laughs> Antonio Holmes, 25th. Heath Miller, 30th. Ben Roethlisberger, 11th. Troy Polamalu, 16th. They had to trade up to get Troy as well, too. Kendall Simmons, 30th. Casey Hampton, 19th. You have to go all the way back to the year 2000. For the last time, the Steelers had a top 10 pick organically in the first round. That was Plexico Burris at 8th overall. You know where he's from? Michigan State? No. 7-5-7, <laughs> seven, baby. Hometown. But, but, but look at that legitimately. So Ben and Ryan Shazier. Those are the only and, guys and, and organically. Timmons, uh, you said Timmons was at six. Oh, Timmons. Timmons yeah, was 15, Timmons as, well 15 as well, So those three guys were the only organically picked in the last top 15 In the last guys. 20 years, they've it's only nuts. had an opportunity to nab somebody that high three times. Now, that says a lot about the success of the organization, Absolutely. certainly. Absolutely. But I think you're right. Like if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But this is yeah, and this is not a this is not a first round pick from five years ago. No. It's not a first round pick from four years ago. It's like two years. He's Mozi. He's 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 started fourteen games in his NFL career. Not even a full season. Like fourteen games, and, and, and not just fourteen. Fourteen for the Washington Football Team. Right. And not just fourteen this year. It was a combination of last year and this year. And we both know this year was a lot more stable. Last year was an absolute dumpster fire, and yes. obviously the off season showed just that, and even revealed a lot more than we even knew. Yes. So for me, I'm not willing to just say that, hey, this guy, he doesn't even deserve a look. He doesn't deserve an opportunity. First off, when we just talk about you, you spoke on the, you know, the last couple of times we picked at 15 and how we don't get this, those opportunities, yeah. right? You're going to get that opportunity. But not only that, think about how cheap this is going to be. Yeah. It's, you it's, you it's essentially reward, get no him risk. for crumbs. And he is going to have all the motivation to perform because for him, he has to show that, number one, he wasn't a bust, but number two, that he could be the guy going forward. And in the while of him doing all that, you're going to have him on such a low contract that you're winning. This is the model. This is the method. You, you talk about, oh, man, the way to win in the NFL long term, you got to get you a quarterback on a rookie salary and ball out the rest of the way, pick your pieces. Well, we know, okay, Ben coming back potentially, whatever that deal looks like for this year, fine. But after that, your model's in place. If you're, if you're able to get a Dwayne Haskins, right, your model will be in place because you're essentially going to try to get him for crumbs, which you should be able to. Heck, yeah. More than likely at least a two-year type situation. So now it's all set. So now next year would be the audition year for him even more so if he was impressive enough. But the way the contract is set up, you can easily have it where first year is fine, second year is the team's if, option. If you bring him in and you're like, oh, well, yeah. he stinks. This is why Washington we'll just cut get rid of him. And you just get it's, rid of him yeah, too. It's nothing. <laughs> yeah. Like, you aren't tied to this guy in any way, shape, or nope. form. But he's sitting out there. To be nabbed for really cheap. Mm -hmm. uh, one potential issue. I mean, Dwayne Haskins has worn number seven his entire life. What number is Dwayne Haskins going to wear I, I if think, he makes the Steelers listen, roster? Listen, the number on his jersey is the last thing he needs to be worried about right now. 
he needs to just worry about balling out 15. because He'll go because with the thing 15. is, it's like we we know we saw where he was when he was at Ohio State. And obviously at the NFL level, we've seen glimpses of success. Obviously, he did some positive things in Washington. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been there for even the 14 games, right, if he was that bad, quote-unquote. But to me, I'm just, I just think that this is a good thing. I, I like the Steelers at least kicking the wheels I do on too. It. I, I, like, it's I, no risk, that's the high reward. Like, at worst, if you're so skeptical of this, if it flames out, fine. It didn't cost anything, and you get to say, I told you so. <laughs> right. Like, pat yourself on the back. But if it hits, now think about we're set up for the next 10 years, potentially. Yeah. And not even Without that. Without having to use a high-pedigree exactly. draft pick on the quarterback. Or a ton you can of use cash a first-round pick to continue to rebuild the offensive line, to, uh, to help exactly the run not. game, to maybe reinforce the defense. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's a no-brainer, Motsi. And, it's, it's a and no to brainer. me, I just think like this, and, and this is the thing why I, I said I still applaud the Steelers because even if they don't sign them, and we're not saying that they will, but the thing that I do like is the fact they're at least interested. They're kicking the wheels. They're doing right. their due diligence because this important. is my issue, this right? This doesn't mean they're going to sign Right, him. but this would be the biggest issue for me. If a guy like him was available, cheap like this, and we don't even call him, and then he goes and then we do see him revitalize. We uh-huh. do see him, and you're just kind of like, bro, really, like, you should have at least picked up the phone for you that. You want to do this hypothetical too? Uh oh. What if it was Dwayne Haskins revitalizing his career in New England? Now, I was thinking about the division, but mm-hmm. let's let's be honest here. The division's pretty set on quarterbacks. Yeah. I, I don't think that the Bengals, Browns, and the and the Ravens are out shopping for, for quarterbacks. Yeah. Woo, woo, yeah. It, but what if Dwayne Haskins goes and, and, and has this career resurgence in New England? What if Dwayne mm-hmm. Haskins goes and has a career resurgence in Denver or in uh, Las Vegas with the Wait, I mean, he did. He definitely could though. What like then we'd be sitting there kicking ourselves. This is an AFC team that we're competing mm-hmm. with every single year and they just got this dude for free. Yeah, you're right. No, it's it's good business, Arthur Motes. That's Absolutely. what it is. It's good business. And like Motsi said, this doesn't mean they're gonna sign him. They could meet with him and they could be like, This dude's a putz. Washington yeah. was right. We don't want anything to do with this. Exactly. But if you don't do your due diligence, you'll never know. Absolutely. And, and I think, too, how many guys, not necessarily to the pedigree of Dwayne Haskins mm-hmm. in the quarterback position, but how many guys have we seen in the Steelers organization that have been cast aside by other organizations, mm-hmm. that were not believed in, mm-hmm. that were that were either undrafted or were cut out of training camps, and they came to Pittsburgh and ended up having decade-long careers? Absolutely, man. I mean, go down the list. Absolutely, man. Mike Hilton, Alejandro Villanueva, Ramon Foster, the list goes. Mm-hmm. Debo, James Harrison, one of the most popular guys in the history of the franchise. The yep. lists go on and on and on. It's 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 good due diligence. It's smart business, Arthur Motes. I mean, it's that simple to me, man. And not only were they committing smart business practices here, but they did it in other areas as well. So I, I'm just liking what mm-hmm. I'm seeing from them right now. Like me too. This this is a good start to the to the new year. Me too. New, I new, agree. New year, new Steelers. Hey, hey now, Arthur Motes. Remember my favorite line from Moneyball: mm-hmm. "Adapt or die." Is that simple, baby? Uh, one last thing about Dwayne Haskins. As a student at Ohio State, do you know what he majored in? No, I do not. Broadcast media. Was he good though? I don't know, but maybe oh. we can get him on the I mean, maybe we can get him on the show if he wants to if he wants to be a media guy. But what if he failed the classes though? Well, you shouldn't look at my transcript then. You passed enough though. Because <laughs> you didn't leave early. Did you leave early? You didn't leave early. No, I took an extra semester. So you're good. I took a victory lap. You're good. I took four. I took, I took four and a half years of college. You I got, took a victory. I got one more. I got one more football season out of it. You know? See, you're fine. I, I did a two year hiatus. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I come back, they're like, "What class are you?" Well, 
2010 slash 9 slash 12, just depending on what you're asking specifically. <laughs> last like, football season, last class, yeah. regular graduation schedule, last, like, when I actually graduated. Oh, yeah. So I'm part of three classes right now. Just, so, yeah. yeah you, like, you know, Crowley's like that, too. Serious. I did not know that. Crowley, before our last semester of college, Crowley uh-huh. got offered a job here. Oh. I know. Big timer, huh? I so I think what had happened essentially was Crowley was interning here in this building while he mm-hmm. was in college. They had a couple people that left for different gigs here, like right before the Steelers season. Yeah. And so they were kind of handcuffed. They needed somebody quick, and they offered Crowley a, a, full, wow. a full-time job when he was still a year away from graduating college. Wow. <laughs> so get this. Crowley and I were supposed to be um, the voices of our senior year. We were supposed to be the voices together of uh, WVU soccer. Yeah. Okay? So, like, I think – uh, one of us was gonna be one of, us, one of us was gonna be the play-by-play guy for men's, and the other one would do color. And then one of us was gonna be the play-by-play guy for women's, and then the you know what I mean? Like yeah, we just kind of right, just kind of right. flip-flop like that. And so I call him like two weeks before we're supposed to go back to school, and I'm like, "Hey, I'm all excited. I got this plan. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do that." Da, da, da. And he's like, "Yeah, I, I'm not." Co-. He pulls a Magic Johnson. I'm not gonna be there. And so Crowley was the same way. He took like an extra year, year and a half because yeah. he was finishing slow. Like he he got his degree eventually, right, right, right. but he was chipping away at it while he was working a full time like job. It, you big timers, Arthur Motes and Adam Crowley. I tell you, jeez, that's actually dope. I did not know that about yeah, him, but yeah. I don't blame him. I would have done the same thing. Oh, I would have done the same thing too. I no, was no, like, no, listen, but, but, I'm not, I'm not hating on it. Now, well, yeah, yeah, he's good. He's good. He's good. Because it's not athletics. If it was athletics, you know, then you're not viewed as an amateur because you left and then you can't even that. You supposed man, we need amateurism. You can't make money like that <laughs> collegially. Like, no, you, you got to be a kid first, okay? Yep. So Crowley should have turned down the job or did it for free. He should have said, listen, I'm, what, I'm an amateur here. And, and I value my amateurism. And, and I don't want to lose I amateur. don't want to lose my status as an amateur by going out here and making a little money on these talents that I have. <laughs> and I would hate to do such a thing, you know? Shout out to Title Nine. He he should have donated his money to like one of the women's broadcast mm. programs as well. Now that I think about it, now you're talking, ESPNW. That's why he should have been he should have been donating and, and, his and, time and, and his that, talents and, and 360 because you can't discriminate. You got to hit them all. And as long as Motsi, as long as they would have given him a meal pass mm-hmm. and some free gear, and then he's fine. He's fine. That's fine. You got your free gear. That's all you need. <laughs> Arthur Motsi, F- forgive Wesley my Euler. bitterness if y'all can't tell. <laughs> yeah, if you can't tell. <laughs> Not that Motsi's still holding on to any grudges or anything. Uh, we got a bunch of news to get to because Dwayne Haskins is not the only big name that has a, uh, a meeting, an interview set up with the Pittsburgh Steelers. There's also a familiar coach from the division who is apparently in the conversation, the discussions for Steelers offensive coordinator. We'll talk about that when we return on the other side. Keep those tweets rolling in. We'll get to your reaction as well. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. This is the Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. I tell you what, Motesy, the payoff continues 
from the gold rush of content that you mm-hmm. and I had to go through this offseason, you know, when we were doing a three-hour football show every day. Cooking it up, though, huh? While there was no football happening. Um, I tell you what, the content gods are repaying our hard work now. Because not only did we have the Dwayne Haskins news what else come, do we have? come across the line, come across the wire. Can I do it? But wait, there's more. Yes. Billy Mays here. <laughs> Always uh, want to do that. Quick question for you. Yes. Do you know uh, anything about Billy Mays? Um, I mean, besides the fact that he was a Yinzer and he was from right, Pittsburgh. I was say, other than that, uh, no. I feel like it's a trick question. Is it a trick question? Played football at WVU. No big deal. Go ears. No big deal. Hey, it's Billy Mays here. Go ears. Former WVU football player. No big deal. Uh, that's, I mean, obviously the, the most famous thing that he was known for throughout his career. Uh, Motsi, not only do we get the Dwayne Haskins news this morning across the timeline on Twitter, on Facebook, wherever you get your sports news every day, we also got reports, Motsi, about an hour ago. Hour? Uh, Diana Russini yeah, yeah. of ESPN, NFL reporter for she down, down. ESPN, um, tweets, the Pittsburgh Steelers interviewed former Browns head coach Hugh Jackson earlier this week for the offensive coordinator position. Ooh, look at the spice. Hey, you know what they say spice. about real G's, Arthur Motes? What they say? They move in silence like oh. lasagna. Ooh. Look at the Pittsburgh Steelers moving, moving in silence here. Mm-hmm. Really lasagna-like. I like it. Y- you know, Motsi, um, like a week ago, about a week ago, how many... Hey. Ra- <laughs> <laughs> Yo, why are you how doing many, this today? How many why are you playing like this today? Come on, what? You don't do that? Not the Bobby Schmurder. Right, we Schmurder today. I got Lil Wayne and Bobby Schmurder. What? How many? How many hip hop references can I make in this segment? You better Stay stop tuned. talking to me like this Stay today. To don't, don't you play with me like this in here? You gonna turn this show to something different? About a week ago. A week ago. Moats. Uh, about a week ago, it seemed like okay, Matt Canada done and dusted. That's gonna be the hire. I mean, had me coming here on my Tuesday takeover and you know drop that now. We got action. There's some other conversations. We got action. And 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 Motsi, I love this. Um, Hugh Jackson, listen, say what you want about his time as a head coach in Cleveland. We all know how that went. We all know the two seasons, only one victory, right? 0 and 16 and 1 and 15. We all know how Hugh Jackson, uh, the head coach, did not have the most uh successful tenure, certainly. But this is a guy who is a proven offensive mind. He's been all over the National Football League different organizations, different coaching positions, always on the offensive side of the football. He knows the division well. He knows the Steelers' opponents well. He knows the Steelers, what they oh, have no on, the, question. on the roster. Well, Motes, this is another one. Uh, whether it ends up happening or not, I, I love seeing this from the Steelers. And uh, uh, This is, we've talked about, right, outside voices, outside vision. Mm-hmm. This is about as an outsider as you can get in a guy who has been with the Bengals and the Browns and, and the Ravens a lot through his career, um, a guy who was out of football last year, right, while he was kind of licking his wounds from from those Cleveland days. That's a lot of wounds lick. This, <laughs> a lot of wounds. This is kind of similar but different to the, the Dwayne Haskins conversation. But I, I love this due diligence from the Steelers. I really do. Yeah, without a doubt, man. You hit it right on the head. The due diligence was the key factor. When I thought of Matt Canada and when we initially spoke on him getting the job, one of the things that we said was, you know, is this the same old situation? Is this Randy Feekner 2.0 in terms of quarterback coach promoted to OC, 
quote unquote bin guy or not bin guy because obviously Canada technically isn't a bin guy, but he came in as the QB coach under Ben and he doesn't have a lot of NFL experience. So he would still kind of be viewed in that way. But this is good. I like this because, number one, it, it does show that they are doing what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. They're not leaving a stone unturned. You're not supposed to when you have multiple seasons now that have ended whether that have ended either you not making the playoffs or your first round exit. I mean, when we talk about dating back to 2016 being the last time that we had a playoff victory and this being the first playoff appearance since 2017 and it, for it to end the way that it did with, you know, the the I mean, just as a whole not being a good game for any of the parties involved from a Steelers standpoint, you have to let people know that that isn't acceptable. You have to let people know that we are going to do whatever it takes to rectify that situation. Yeah. And Matt Canada is another person that you're going to at least now, he's going to know that, okay, if I got this job, it's because I actually deserve this job. Not because I interviewed for the Dolphins, because that's what it looked like initially. It was, all right, they're sure. not talking about Canada sure. at OC. <laughs> Canada interviews with the Dolphins, and now all of a sudden, two days later, he's our OC. And we're like, all right, well, I mean, we're not opposed to it, but it does look a little suspect here. But now you're seeing them, okay, the interview of Hugh, it lets Matt know that, okay, if I am the guy, they truly did believe in me. They thought that I was the most valuable candidate, not the most convenient candidate. Because there's a difference between being valuable and being convenient. 100%. Promoting from within? 100%. A lot of times, that could be convenient. Versus you just being a valuable candidate. Sometimes they might not interview anyone else because they have the convenience of you knowing who you are. Don't want to rock the boat too much. Mm-hmm. But seeing what they're doing now, to me, I think speaks volumes about not just the things that they have said in terms of, hey, man, this isn't acceptable. Hey, right. man, we want to change. Hey, man, we're going to do this. No, 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 because we've heard that before. And that doesn't always equate to the changes that we feel it should warrant. But now we're seeing actions. Now we're seeing them put into action the things that they have been conveying to us verbally. And now it it, it makes you believe it a lot more. It makes you feel that this team is a lot more committed going forward to doing whatever is necessary for this team to be successful. And even if they won't go to the full extent of doing what completely is necessary, they're at least open to, to that perspective now. Whereas in the past, we would always hear what? That's a steal away. Steal away. They went in, they're not going to look at that guy. Steal away. Mm-hmm. If they did a draft him, they're not going to look out here for this guy That's to sign what, him. We were all so steal surprised away. when Todd Haley steal was away. hired in that yeah, regard. Steal away. They don't do that. Steal away. So this is, I think, a positive for the organization, regardless of if either party, if either scenario uh, ends with them being Pittsburgh Steelers, whether we're talking Dwayne Haskins or Hugh Jackson, regardless of if either one of them becomes Steelers, the fact of the matter that they are at least being looked at in scenarios and time frames like how we currently are in Pittsburgh, man, to me, like I said, that speaks volumes, and I like that. You got to be progressive, man. You got to continue to adapt. You know that, man. You, you either get better or you get worse. There is no in-between. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And I I, I like this. Everything that you just laid out there, I I certainly echo. I just think it's it's smart. Because what, what do you have to lose, right? I mean, in, in, in all of this, the Dwayne Haskins, the, the Hugh Jackson, what do you have to lose? A, a little bit of your time, maybe, when you're conducting interviews? That That's I mean, that's it. I I like this. And, man, you look at Hugh Jackson's history, Arthur Motes, and it's, I mean, it's insane. He spent a lot of time at USC. That's where he kind of cut his teeth. But then uh, he was with the football team for 
three seasons, ended up being offensive coordinator there, then went on to the Bengals, then to the Falcons as the offensive coordinator, then he was with the Ravens, then the Raiders as the offensive coordinator and the head coach. And that's the thing, like, people forget <laughs> him as an OC and just solely focus right. on him as a head coach in Cleveland. You look at his track record. It's nuts. The re- the, the reason Washington why he got the to Atlanta to Baltimore to Oakland. The back reason to why he to got the reason why he got the head coaching job in Cleveland was because of his ability to coach offenses, because mm-hmm. of what he was able to do throughout his tenure. Mm-hmm. It just so happened that the Cleveland situation we talked about was a dumpster fire. Man, it did not go the way that he or any Correct. of us kind of could uh, could anticipate, and that was with them having high quality draft picks as well. But from an offensive coordinator standpoint, he can do that at a high level. And I just think, man, when people talk about the different styles of coaching and things like that, you can have guys that are great coordinators and terrible head coaches. Absolutely. It's a difference. When you talk you see about that all the time. And, and no difference between coordinator versus position coach. Some people are great as position coaches. They need to just solely focus on a small group and they deal with the details and they can get that minutia out. Yes. Some are coordinators where you got a good mix of all right, minutia and details, but a little more overview, right? A little bit more oversight. I'm 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 overseeing everything that's going on. Head coach, you got to put the people in place that you trust because you can't allot all of your time CEO. to one part. Right, yeah. you become CEO. So now it's less about what you know and more about how do you convey that message to those coordinators to relay that to the position coaches that ultimately gets laid down to the players. Night and day. Mm-hmm. Night and day. And not everybody is good at it. And it's okay. That's the thing. It's okay. Think about it. We got kickers for a reason, right? Because they kick the ball really well. You got quarterbacks <laughs> for a reason. Because they throw the ball really well. You flip-flop them, it looks like a nightmare. So, for me, <laughs> when I think of you, I'm like, man, I, I, I think that he could de- – in the OC role, I think that he oh. could flourish again, without a doubt. You look at some of the offenses that he has been in charge of. Um, the Chad Johnson, TJ, I was about to say, when he was in Cincy, when he was in Cincy, that offense was fire. Yep. And, and, and we're talking – the first, like, was it with the the Carson Palmer version? He was there, and then yep. and then with the Dalton version as well. And so think, we can, absolutely, we can laugh at Cincinnati; yeah. they haven't had much success. But they they but all, the, the two yeah. times in recent history uh-huh. where they were actually winning division titles mm-hmm. and in the playoffs was with Hugh running the offense. Absolutely, and we and we all know what AJ Green was doing to us mm-hmm. during some of those time frames. Not not us like right all the way because we right. know Ike Ike did his thing for you know held his own for Let's for the majority 24. of time. You know, shout out to my dog Ike. No, you're absolutely but right. But we knew what Look. that offense was. We knew what Andy Dalton was. Think about this. Andy Look Dalton was. We talk with about you how, Hugh. Exactly. We <laughs> talk about how limited Andy Dalton is as a quarterback. We say he's a good quarterback, would never be a great quarterback. Won a division twice. A forever top 20, but never a top 15, top 10 guy, right? You look at what Hugh was able to do with him. And knowing where he was going with the ball. Let's be real. Before Tyler Boyd got back out there, when you had that little crossover between Chad, mm-hmm. Huseman, Zada, o, uh, and T.O. all being gone, and it was just A.J. Green, we knew where the ball was going. It wasn't a surprise. It wasn't a, <laughs> oh, they're going to throw it to Jermaine Gresham right here. Nah. <laughs> oh, they're they going to Eifer right here. Nah. They're going to A.J. Green. We all, everyone knew they're going to A.J. Green, and they still were lighting it up with that. Yep. That's yep. all I'm saying, man. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, I... I like this move by the Steelers. It's smart business. It's good to bring in this guy, like I said, who's familiar with the division, familiar with your roster, and has just a tons of 
a, a ton of track yeah. record and success in in that type of and role. Even if you don't go there, like we said, right. even if you don't go there and you decide to stick with Canada, right? Fine. All you did was just give him more confidence because if you're Matt Canada. I just beat it, out exactly. 55-year-old Hugh if, Jackson if I just who heard, has all this experience. Exactly. If I heard 55 Hugh Jackman, OC Hugh Jackman, who we know who that is, and they chose me over him, I'm walking in here day one. Total different swagger. Yeah. We talked about how, man, all right, you don't want to have a Ben guy because you want to make sure that, hey, if this guy really wants this style of offense or these plays called, he needs to be the authoritative figure. And there can't be any gray area with that. We felt like in the past with Randy Feekner and even with Haley at times, it was a little bit of that gray area. And with the Haley situation, you got the power struggle out of it. But if you're Matt Canada and you know that you beat out Hugh Jackson, you're, you're not taking a, a lot of lip. You're not taking a lot of back talk. You're, you're going to be out here like, look, these are the concepts that we want yeah. to run. This is what I know can be successful, and this is what we're going to do. And you feel uh, you feel validated. You feel solidified. You feel like you have the backing of the organization when you know who you beat out. So that's why I said, man, I think it's a win-win. Because even if they and say they don't go Matt Canada, right? Say they go Hugh. Well, Hugh definitely coming in is going to set his tone, right? He, oh, he, yeah, it's not Hugh's even a not debate. coming here to be a pat, right? Pitt, yeah, yeah he, he doesn't care who the quarter. He's like, listen, I do this. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I know who you are, but I do this. Yeah, and, and it's different. It's yeah. certain guy. It's certain same thing defensively. It's certain coordinators that I played under. They walk in. It doesn't matter what your idea was. You know for a fact that's the guy. We're listening to him. Then there's other coordinators. You're like, you gonna have to prove it to me, baby. I don't believe it. <laughs> And, and you literally go back and forth. And, yeah. and I've had all these scenarios, and some of them worked out well. Some of them didn't. But it's you, you, it's certain guys when they walk in. You're like, oh, wow. The track record speaks for itself. Yeah. You don't need a lot of introductions. You don't need a lot of a lot of rah-rah and all. It's like, I already know. He's, We're good. He's been a head coach of Absolutely. two different NFL franchises. He's been an offensive coordinator of Absolutely, three different man. NFL franchises. Like, like I think of two. He's got I, the resume. I, listen, I think of. Not even, and I don't even include Pittsburgh in this, but just two scenarios where that hits me in terms of man, guy walks in, you believe it right away. We had Dave Wanstead coming to be my linebackers coach. <laughs> I was like, man, th- think about Dave Wanstead, <laughs> like, like the success he's had as a coach, head guy, coordinator, yep. college and pro. I was gonna say both levels to a position coach. It's like, bro, it, this man has it's forgotten like more too, football you're than way too overqualified. Like, like, for like this, this is a coach. joke. You're too, you're, you're way too advanced for this. You don't have to give an introduction. Yeah. Whatever you say, we're buying into that. Yeah. Then I also thought of, later on, Mike Pettin comes in as our DC. It's like, bro, you're under the buddy Ryan Rex, Ryan coaching tree. Like, we've seen your stops and your success. I don't need your. I don't need you to put up your resume. Like, I already know you. You're good. Right. Like, right. Don't, don't waste my time. Don't waste your time. Let's get right. the ball. Right. Like, Let's get the work. There's certain guys that when they walk in, they're going to command yes. that. Hugh is one of those guys. I think so, especially in this division. Hugh is one yeah. of those guys. I think Without so. Without a doubt. Canada even like I said, he can have that confidence if this move does happen for him it's and it's a in his favor. In that regard, I think. But I do think initially, people will be a little skeptical in terms of the players. I sure, do think, sure. man, that's natural. But he's like going to be younger than some it, of those it, it, players. Think about that. That's the crazy part. <laughs> but like I said before, I've seen this scenario where you have a guy who's unproven, and you're skeptical. You're questioning him a little bit until it clicks. And for those that don't know, that's the Pittsburghs here, right, with Keith Butler. Mm-hmm. We went from Dick LeBeau, who was a legend, to Keith Butler. And, yeah, that first year, we definitely questioned him. I mean, you go from him being your position coach to him being, like, the head honcho, of course. 
But then it was like through time, you start to respect it. Through time, you're like, okay, he knows way more than just linebackers, right. way more than right. just run game. Okay, he's able to expand this. And then from there, like I said, the respect is there. And now when he speaks, all those guys listen. There is no rebuttal. There is no, well, coach, what about? It's like, nah, uh-uh. he speaks. All right, I got you. But he had to earn it. In Canada, yeah. it will be more of that approach. But either way, I think this is a great situation for the Steelers. I do too. In, in, in every aspect. Arthur Motes, when I saw both of these pieces of news, Dwayne Haskins and Hugh Jackson, I woke up this morning feeling fine. I woke up feeling dangerous. <laughs> so let's get to some of your reaction here when we come back on the other side. On Twitter, at Wes Seuler, at TheBody52. body. You got thoughts on Dwayne Haskins? You got thoughts on Hugh Jackson? Lay them on us. You know where to find us on the Twitter.com. We'll get to your questions, comments, concerns, and reactions on the other side. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, it's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Motesy, we got the reaction rolling in here. On a Thursday, uh, let's get to some of the tweets here. Uh, our buddy Steel City Champs out in Seattle uh, says, On Dwayne Haskins, I haven't watched a ton of Washington team games, but all I want is an even playing field when it comes to our division. You look at Lamar, Baker, and Joe, they can all use their legs, and their playbook is very open. If we can do the same thing, I'm down. Yeah, I. This is something you and I talked about, I think, last week, Arthur Motes. But if you look at the non-mobile type quarterbacks that are left in the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. They're all future Hall of Famers. Like Ben Roethlisberger, yes. Drew Seriously, Brees, man. Tom Brady. Um, Aaron Rodgers isn't quite to that extent. Like he he is a little bit more mobile. But you get one, the traditional pocket passer. Like those guys that are left that don't have the mobility element to their game, they're all future Hall of Famers. You talk about Lamar, you talk about Baker, you talk about Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, uh, Justin Herbert, who had five rush touchdowns last year as a rookie. That is the future wave, I think, Arthur Motes. And, yeah, that's certainly something that, again, if if you can make it work with Haskins, you get an absolute steal. Oh, no question. No question. I mean – you hit it right on the head. He is a part of that newer wave in terms of, like I said, you don't have to be crazy dual threat. Right, but, like but Lamar enough, Jackson right. is like the outlier. He's, without a doubt, yeah. he's the outlier. But mobile We're talking enough. like Josh Allen yes, style. Yes, mobile yeah. enough. Can effectively run the ball. I mean, that's all you're looking for. And the reason why it's important is because when you're playing mobile quarterbacks or guys that have the ability to use their legs, it puts a bind on you defensively. Mm-hmm. As much man-to-man as we love to play in Pittsburgh, you don't see as much man-to-man when we're playing Lamar Jackson. You nope. see a ton of zone. You know why? Because man-to-man versus mobile quarterbacks will kill you. <laughs> There's a reason why Josh Allen doesn't see a lot of man-to-man. When you play in quarterbacks, they can kill you with their legs, man. You just can't mm-hmm. afford to turn your back and not have somebody account for the quarterback. Yep. When you solely leave it up to your 4D lineman, I mean, you're playing with fires. Russian roulette right there. So – when you're thinking about Dwayne Haskins, like, yes, he is a part of that wave. He is a part of that model. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Steel City Champs, he listens to the show. I mean, you could tell. Uh, our buddy David, the Photoshop extraordinaire, he says, <laughs> he said we need to shop at Target, not Walmart. Dwayne Haskins is just great value to Sean Watson to me. <laughs> well, I will say this, which I do like. Yeah, but one of those guys is going to take three first round exactly. picks to get. Exactly. <laughs> Listen, that great value bread. Versus that nature's nature's own bread. All right, that's right. We know nature's own is the bomb. It's the cream. It's the cream. Cream de la creme. Mm-hmm. Right. It's the top shelf. We 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 got you. Mm-hmm. But I can take that same Italian BMT or whatever sandwich I'm making, put it on that great value bread, and it's still gonna hit. It's still gonna be good. Yeah, you know, it might not be great, but it's gonna be. But good. see, I think we've discussed this before. I'm I'm married to a bit of a coffee snob. My mm, dear wife Morgan, mm. she loves a good cup of coffee. Nothing wrong with a good cup of joe. No, absolutely. I don't blame her. Absolutely not. And don't get me wrong, I agree with her too. Um, we went to Hawaii on vacation in 2017. So humble flex. I <laughs> so from, just, just thank you. you I know mean, what? right wh- about this time, wow. actually, Mo- wow, Mozi, the Eagles won, beat the Vikings in the NFC Championship game Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Monday morning, we got up and flew to Hawaii the week off between the Super Bowl. It was really good timing in that wow. regard. And, and I'm just over here, just trying to, you know, just get to Hawaii whenever I can. <laughs> yeah, the pandemic just kicking your Hawaii plans down the road, killing my Hawaii. Plans, your Hawaii man. plans are essentially a salary cap recapture penalty. Like, I mean, like, you just. That's what it is, bro. Just kicking it down the line, kicking it down I the line. I was trying to hit me with the luxury tax. Let me just get it out the way, man. While that coffee that costs $40, $50 a pound from Hawaii mm-hmm. is fantastic, the the K-Cups that I buy for $8 from Target still get the job oh, done. Oh, no question. You know? They, 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 they get, hey, we know what we're trying to accomplish. Want to stay awake? The coffee going to make you stay awake. It's going to hit. It don't got to be the best. It might, not be as, uh, it might not be as appealing as that $45 Kona coffee. But that Tim Hortons K-Cups, they exactly. still do the trick. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Thrash tweets. Speaking of young, young and up-and-coming quarterbacks, I heard uh, Matt Williamson and Dale Lawley kicking around the idea about the Steelers trading for Jordan Love since it seems like Aaron Rodgers isn't going anywhere anytime soon. I'm not Thoughts? leaving! I'm not leaving! <laughs> I tell you what, that Matt Williamson and Dale Lawley, they think of everything, Motsi. They cook up. Um, they and he's a part of that new model as well, man. I Listen. If there is any quarterback, I don't care if we're talking about Haskins, if we're talking about Josh Rosen, if we're talking about Sam Darnold, if we're talking about Jordan Love, any young quarterback with very low risk and high upside, I would be about. If the Steelers could get Jordan Love for really cheap, you know what I mean? If, Absolutely. If it's a year from now and and say that you know Ben is retired and whatever, Haskins, Rudolph, none of that has panned out, and you can get Jordan Love for a third-round draft pick, yeah, sure. I'm there, but that's where I'm at with the quarterback position right now, Moats. I'm not trading up into the top ten to draft Mac Correct. Wilson or anything Correct. like that. I am I am all in, at least for the next year, on buy low with yes. a high potential reward. Absolutely. Unless it's the doing I mean, unless it's the uh, Deshaun Watson scenario. Unless it's Deshaun Watson. That, that's the yeah. the on, that's the only scenario that I'm willing to, to to make any major moves. Other than that, I'm with you one thousand percent, man. Buy low. I I do not mm mm. Yeah. Because with, with, I mean, outside it's like a, of Deshaun, it's like a stock, you know, I'm, try, I'm Deshaun, trying to buy Amazon in the seriously, 90s. Seriously, but think about this: outside of Deshaun, these other guys that we're talking about, it's a lot more uncertainty surrounding them. It's a lot 100%. more question marks That's surrounding Deshaun's them. Deshaun's a top five quarterback, right? So for a top five proven quarterback, I'm willing to spend Who's only 25 years. I, old. I, I will spend for the Bentley when I know it's a Bentley. I'm not taking this. I'm not gonna. I'm not buying the Chrysler 300. A, a, exactly. I, I'm not spending the money that I'm spending on that Bentley on that Chrysler 300. <laughs> nah. <laughs> No, 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 no. I, I, I'm trying to get a deal. I, I, I want it. Whatever your price, I need half of that. 
<laughs> Speaking of which, when we talk about the future wave of quarterbacks that can throw and can also be mobile too, mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson. Uh, Ryan yeah. tweets, I agree we'd be foolish not to explore the option of a first-round quarterback for cheap, but my big concern is if Haskins does uh, you know, become the face of the franchise in the future, we, we still need offensive veteran leaders to lead the way, right? And he says when Ben came to town, he had Jerome and Hines to show him the way. I don't know who is curly, currently like that on the offense for Dwayne Haskins. Well, I'll, I'll say this. Um, two years from now, well, obviously it's going to depend on what happens with Juju, but Juju would be two years older. That would be his, what, fifth year in the league. Obviously, James Washington is another guy. He would have to be re-signed within the next two years, but he would be another older player for the offense. And then from there, you're probably looking at Matt Filer if you're able to retain him. I mean, it's it's not a lot of age, but I will say this. I don't think that that's a negative. I do think that defensively, that's where you'll have more of your veteran leadership. Yep. And it's fine. You can have veterans on either side of the ball be the face of your team or be the leaders of your team. Guys like Cam Hayward, guys like Stephon Tewitt. And if either one of those guys in the next two years, which I doubt, but if those two guys weren't on the roster, T.J. Watt would be. And we know what type of leader he is. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I speak for him personally because of obviously our relationship. Minka but, Fitzpatrick. Yeah, Mink is another guy, man. So you you still have higher pedigree guys who have also been around for a while now and understand that. Because I, as much as I want to lean on the Stiller way and in terms of just the continuity, we both have agreed that potentially that could change within the next three years. That that little window, man, just depending on with Kevin Colbert and obviously Mike Tomlin as well. And that's solely based on the structure of their contracts, right. not speculation. It's just right. their contracts are, are scheduled to end. <laughs> and, yeah, they've already sold us that, hey, man, they're not going to take longer deals. They're looking to have this type of flexibility. So – if they did decide that they didn't want to return or retire or whatever it may be, they have that flexibility. We got some good tweets here uh, from Jared, from Chris, from Annie. We will get to these on the other side because we're up against it uh, for the break here. We'll continue this conversation about the future of the Pittsburgh Steelers organization and some names from the outside who are uh, meeting with the Steelers this week or who have already met with the Steelers this week. We'll keep that going. We also got to talk a little Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers uh, deciding to deciding to uh, to hang him up since Motsi and I last did the show. So we'll uh, we'll discuss a little Philip Rivers too. And I've got a take, Motes. Oh, that was a good. Maybe I should take. say I got a list for you. Is it a good take at least? I don't even know if it's a take. That was probably wrong of me to, to label mm. it that way. It's a list. Okay, Arthur Motes. I got a list for you of the top five quarterbacks to never win a Super Bowl. Oh man, where's Philip Rivers on that list? Here we go. You'll find out in hour number two. Be- Arthur Motes, Wesley Miller, 60 minutes in the book, 60 minutes to go. So don't go anywhere. You're inside the electric factory. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. Mueller and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Good afternoon, Steelers Nation. How we doing? Man, I'm feeling great, baby. Well, that's good. Me too. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, hour number two, inside the electric factory. You want to get those questions, comments, concerns, reactions in? Well, you better do so quickly. You only got about another 55 minutes here on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at TheBody52. TheBody. And I'm glad you said 55 minutes because you taught me last time we were in here that we do not work over... 
the time. scheduled time. Yeah, no, we don't. We um, don't do that. We're like soccer. Yes. All right. If That's it, at the end of the game, if it's a draw, all right, it, we're just over. packing it oh, in. Well. And there's no extra time. Oh, well. Unless, like I said, I mean, we're on Venmo. If somebody wants to send us some money to do extra, sh- I mean, we'll, we'll do that. Then. I mean, we wouldn't gladly do it, but we would do it. <laughs> Begrudgingly, you we know. Would. If you wanted to compensate us for said shows, we we would do it if we had to. Jeez. Because, you know, one of us works for free in here. Uh-huh. The other one, you know, is a former NFL player. <laughs> Not playing. <laughs> Are the moats? Uh, Philip Rivers calling it quits yesterday, mm-hmm. deciding to retire. Um, Man. The answer is yes. For those that, that were curious. The Hall of Fame question? Yes. Tell me why he. Because it's Philip Rivers. <laughs> it's Philip Rivers. I mean, not to mention that I, what as he retired yesterday, or excuse me, two days ago, that he currently walks away from the game fifth all time in passing touchdowns, fifth all time in passing yards. Let's be real, and that's with that's the janky release. Deny. That's with the janky release. Okay, that's hard to deny. It, it, it like, is like for me when I think of that, I'm just like it's, it's Philip Rivers. What's the biggest knock on him? He didn't win the big one. He didn't get to the Super Bowl. But we also could say this, man. He is part of one of the greatest performances that we have ever seen. AFC in Championship terms of that AFC game, game on a ACL. No question. So it was never the scenario of, man, this dude is some bum. He's not living up to expectations. It's like he was not holding the Chargers correct, back. Correct. He wasn't the reason. Yeah. There, there were there were multiple parties involved that 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 definitely should have taken more blame. Mm-hmm. But we understand how it goes. And, and quarterback, that's a part of the problem, right? We we I tell you all the time, I don't really like to include Super Bowls because that's a team goal versus a person individually. And I always bring up Ben. I'm like, Ben could have won a Super Bowl in 14, 15, 16, 17. Offense wasn't the problem. Ben wasn't the problem. Defensively, we weren't where we, where we needed to be. But that's not a knock on Ben. Right. But yet when we get down to the conversation, people spit it as that's a knock on Ben. I'm like – it, it, that, that, that's why for me, when we talk about Philip Rivers, I keep that same energy hmm. because like Philip balled out. His numbers speak for itself. You saw, I mean, when you talk about when he played in San Diego with the Chargers, when he played in LA with the Chargers, and then when he played in Indianapolis, you still knew Philip. Even this past year, Philip wasn't, you know, the Philip of old, but he still was dangerous enough. We talked about how and went to the playoffs, absolutely. won double-digit games. And we said, even with Phillip Rivers, we said, man, you're going to be a good team. You're going to be a playoff contender. You're just not going to be Super Bowl caliber. You're forever will be capped. That's what we were saying just in that vein. But he's still an upper echelon guy. He still balls out. He still puts up numbers. And he does uh, it's effective numbers, not garbage time numbers. Yeah. So, to me, man, I'm like, dude, it's, I, it's a no-brainer. And we, we talk about this all the time, right? If I got to think about why or if I got to, like, man, if is he really? Answers, like, no. oh, I just don't know. He's a part of the trio. We know the three quarterbacks that were taking, you know, back to back in that class. All three of those guys are getting in. It just, it is, it, it, it's, it's like that. Now we can make the case of first ballot versus not sure, first ballot. Sure. Now that's a different conversation. Is that a real like? Have we made too much of that first ballot thing? Fans do, yes. Yeah. Players, no one cares. I don't care if you're a first ballot or 100th ballot. Are you a Hall of Famer? When I meet Hall of Famers, you think I ask them, what? <laughs> are you a first ballot Hall of Fame or are you like a third generation Hall of right. Famer? Like, which Hall of Famer are you? Right. Like, no one cares about that. Did you have to wait a long right. time? But, but for media, because what? 
We love Push to compare, to right? We Push always want. Yeah. Well, they're both all. Well, hold hey. on. Well, well, he's a first team Hall of Famer. I've been guilty of this myself. Yeah. Uh, I might have. Uh, I might have ticked off a Hall of Fame safety on this we, past we Super Bowl Sunday when I was talking about Troy Paul. This, the, you know, uh, uh, about a year ago. We, we about know. a year yes. ago. Yes. Yes. <laughs> all right. So yeah, you're right. It is. It's. I think so too. As much as. Uh, maybe I sound a little hypocritical because I, I got Brian Dawkins all fired up by pointing out that Troy Polamalu was a first ballot Hall of Famer. I, that, I think, is definitely something for the fans and for the media just because mm-hmm. we like to debate every aspect of sports, and that's just something else. Well, my guy got in yeah. first time, and your guy had to wait a couple right, years. Right, because if both of the guys are Hall of Famers, then what's the next area that we could split hairs? Because <laughs> true, we can't just true. say numbers anymore, right? Because it's like, well, my numbers were good enough to get in the Hall of Famer. Well, Especially numbers good when you're as well. comparing errors. Right. Because just look how – I mean, it's just different. Like the, the numbers that Dan Marino was putting up in the 80s look like they belong now. Right, so imagine absolutely. the numbers that Dan Marino – I mean, you know, no like, it's, it's hard to compare errors in that regard yeah I you know I'm with you like I think Philip Rivers is a hall of famer I do wonder though I want to get your opinion on this it feels like like quarterback and and I get this because it I mean it is the, the balls in their hands every play the most pressure all that stuff it feels like though our guidelines for hall of famers for quarterbacks are a little bit more lax than they are for other positions would you agree with that they are but that's I think because of the attention that the quarterbacks get, I think it's easier, number one, for people to evaluate quarterbacks, mm. which is why it's become mm. more lax because the market is oversaturated with voters. The market is oversaturated with people having opinions on them. If I were to ask a person right now, tell me if Marquise Pouncey is a Hall of Famer and why. A lot of people, when you talk O-linemen, they're solely going to resort to, well, he was eight-time All-Pro, he was eight-time Pro Bowler, uh, he, he was a part of this team that went, that went to the Super Bowl, and, and it's really going to end after that. They don't really understand what makes him a Hall of Fame caliber player, how his athletic ability, the speed that he plays with, how he was pulling from the center position, even though we had seen it before, we hadn't seen it to that level. It, it was different. He was ahead of his time and was able to do it at a high level for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Things like that, most people aren't going to be able to understand or articulate. Quarterback, though, they can say, well, I see him throw the Top ball. Five passing and, yards. And, and, yeah. and look, all right, well, the ball is constantly hitting in the right. It hits in the pocket every time. All right, I haven't seen any underthrows. Oh, oh throwing for 4,500 yards that year. That, and everybody can, can – it's easier to, to read off that. It's easier to identify that. And for the casual viewer, it's a lot easier to just focus on the quarterback when he has the ball every time. If I ask you, hey, break down this safety for me, why should this safety be a, a Hall of Famer? Not named Troy and Ed Reed because Troy and Ed Reed, they became they so – off the screen. Think about this. <laughs> they became so big that you didn't even – people – think about how many people didn't realize that both of them, even they played safety, played two different, different positions. positions. Yeah. Most people just say, oh, well, oh, safety. Th- we know they're beasts. We know they're safeties. They're both Hall of Famers. They're both the same. And it's like – no, they're, no not. they're night and day, but because <laughs> they were they were position. so talented, it just a transcended position. They got into that quarterback conversation. They were viewed like quarterbacks because they were just so dominant. But the majority of the positions on the field, they don't not named quarterback, like not running yeah. back, not wide receiver, people struggle to understand why. They struggle to understand what makes this guy better than this guy. When we talked about the DB conversation, that's starting to become a little bit more you know, comprehensive for people now that they're understanding, okay, it's not just interceptions. It's not just interceptions. It's not just PBUs. Okay. It's not just he didn't allow a catch. Who was he going up against? Oh, so it's a lot. Oh, now it's between cover two corners. 
Josh Norman in, Cal- in Carolina versus a Richard Sherman cover three quarter in Seattle versus a Joe Hayden type. Now people are starting to understand it a lot more, and they're getting they're catching up to that. But it takes time. It does. It takes time. Particularly for the non-quarterback, yes. running back, wide receiver So that's positions. why for me, that's the biggest reason why I feel like how you said the quarterback market in terms when we talk about Hall of Famers, the it's standard different. has definitely it's felt different. like it's lowered. But I think that's because so many people are able to grasp it that everyone is sharing their opinion on it. And then from there, we do what you're supposed to do, right? Well, who are the popular people? The pop people said this. All right, well, it's more people agreeing with him, so that right, has to be right. right. All right, Hall of Famer, stamp him. We don't do this with anybody else that retires. Any other position that that's not a, a, a glorified, like, skill position. We're talking right. receivers, running backs. Right. We don't talk like that. No. If I were to retire tomorrow, you think we're going to be over here? Is he a Hall of Famer? All right, why? Why not? If DeCash were to retire, why? Why not? The first thing everybody reads off is just, how many are pros? How many pro bowls? All right, that was it then. Boom, all right, yep. yep they got to be good then. And that's why, <laughs> you know what? It's funny, full circle here. When we talk about Alan Fanica, which we've done for the last five mm-hmm. years while we know he should be in, he was one of those rare offensive linemen that he yep. jumped off the screen at you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely jumped off the screen. I think that's an astute point by you, Motsi. And, and I agree. Um, you know, a lot of times I think we've laid out the logic of to be a Hall of Famer, you should be the best at your position for a period of time, even if it's only for a couple years. But I do think for quarterbacks, that's a little bit different. I mean, especially look at this era. How many quarterbacks are going to the (laughs) Hall of Fame from this era? This is the thing, right? According to that logic, we could really make the case when has been and we know Ben is a – he should right. be a first ballot surefire Hall of Famer. Yes. I, I don't think it's a but debate. But he's not Peyton Manning but or when, Tom Brady. But I was going to say, when was terms he of ever or, during, his, seven, during his, yeah. his tenure, when was he ever the best quarterback in any particular year? You go down the list of these years and just look – and Ben has had great years. But think about a great year for Ben and, oh, it just so happened that Mahomes threw for 50 <laughs> touchdowns and five Gs this year. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, great year for Ben. Ben. But but, but, but no, 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 no. Brady to Randy Moss connection happens. Record breaking year. So it's like, even though he was dominant, we're we're not even debating that. He was he's been a top five quarterback for you name it. Seventeen years almost. But but when you talk about the number one quarterback, I mean, you could really make a case that he has never been the number one oh, I, quarterback. I, I, I think that's. I think you could do that with him. With Rivers, well, the reason with I Eli say that, Manning. and the reason I say that is because obviously we know we're in Pittsburgh. Sure. Some because of the the biasness, they view it as he's sure. always been the best. But oh, outside man. of that, it's a, it's outside a, of that viewpoint, it's a heck of an era for quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, would you include Peyton Manning in that group? Is that fair? In terms of like this era, does he? Oh be- yeah, without yeah, a doubt, yeah. Peyton Manning, Hall of Famer. Absolutely, he's going to get in this year. They played. T- they they got ten years together, right? All in that same yeah, window. That counts. Yeah, right. you're, you're a part of that era. Tom without Brady. I mean, like they might change the waiting period rule for Tom Dude, Brady what? whenever he retires. What? Brady's going right in. Peyton Manning's going right in. Yeah. Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron Rodgers. Peyton Manning had the fastest five years ever, man. He really did. <laughs> I was here, really like, did. yo, he's already here. Fast, like, jeez, like. All the na- all these names. I mean, it's 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 been. It, you can even go back just a little bit further, and you get the Brett Favre's and a, and a lot of those guys. It's been an incredible mm-hmm. era for quarterbacks. And then the crossover of this next era, right? You, you had the almost like Russell Wilson was kind of the bridging the gap yep. between, and yep. then now you've got all these Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes and all these up and coming guys. And yeah, it is. It's it's a it's the golden age of quarterbacks. In the National Football League, for sure, and these guys are under a lot of pressure. And like you mentioned, with Philip Rivers, uh, 
they get sometimes maybe too much credit when things are going well, but they certainly get way too much blame. Yes. When they yes, don't indeed, when they don't man. win. Um I think so too. I I I think Philip Rivers is going to get in. Uh, I really do. And I know a lot of people will be against that, but man. But why? Like explain to me why. And if the first thing that comes at your mouth is, well, Super he doesn't Bowl. have a Super Bowl, bro, your, your argument is already flawed. That's, that's, yep. that's not accurate. That's, be- <laughs> like, what does that have to do with him? In, in a few minutes here, Arthur Mutz, when we come back on the other side, I'll give you my top five list of quarterbacks to never win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. There's some dang good names yeah, on absolutely. that Absolutely. So, so if we're going to do that, then, yeah, <laughs> these names on this list coming up, they shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. But let me ask you this uh, before we go to break here. Uh, take Ben out of the equation, okay? So just mm-hmm. Rivers or Manning. From that that yeah. that uh that 04 class, mm-hmm. 03, 04 class, whatever, whatever year it was. You know what I'm talking about. Um, if you could get one of those guys, Eli Manning, Philip Rivers, a, okay, mm-hmm. at age 22 mm-hmm. to build it like Madden style fan, you know what I mean? Like, bro, you just want me to know if both of these quarterbacks are healthy in their prime and young, who am I building around? It's Philip Rivers, no yeah, debate. I think so Eli too. <laughs> Manning, he forever had the better teams around him. More importantly, the better defenses around him that showed up in big time games. But let's not act like Eli Manning was ever Philip Rivers. No, Eli was good, but he was always the third of the group. He was Eli. He was Eli always was, the third of the group. Eli was um, like we had we had David say the great value thing earlier. If if Joe Flacco's great value, Eli was like the you know like the target brand. Joe Flacco. Yes. Like mm-hmm. he he played really well when he had to in those moments. But I don't great think, moments, not great seasons. I don't think people know this, Motsi. He won the Super Bowl twice, Eli mm-hmm. Manning. Those were the only two years of his career that yep. he made the playoffs. Talk or about sorry, it. sorry, that he won playoff yes. games. That he won yes. playoff games. Every other year other than that, he lost so again. He lost he had in the a, playoffs. He had right. a 15-, 16-year NFL mm-hmm. career. He only won playoff games two of those years. Yep. That's that's crazy. Mm-hmm. But that's why I feel like with Eli, he gets bumped up too high. Because they go back to the way well, he has two rings, he has an MVP. Like, the organization he played man, for and the family and, name. Yeah. You know, just think about all this. And, and he had the big moments, the big plays in those games. Big moments, yes. He's great for moments. Great moment player. But not a great player in terms of when you look at his full body of works season to season. I mean, dude. They won playoff games twice, like, like, two different years in his career. Absolutely. That's not good. It's not good. It's not good. All right, Motsi, let's take a break Still here. Still a Hall of Famer, though. <laughs> I, I think so, yeah. But I think – His is more circumstantial Hall of Famer, whereas I feel like Rivers and, and uh, Big Ben, theirs is more like validated, solidified, stamped, not a lot that's going to need to happen for them to get in. I feel like with, pay, uh, with, with Eli, it's more so – all right, you see Big Brother? That's his Big Brother. All right. Two rings, hey. Giants, family name. Yeah. Yeah, but they're all three – I think they're all three going to get in. They will. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get to some of your reaction. we got more tweets rolling in here. I promise you we will get to those on the other side, as well as my top five list of quarterbacks to never win the Super Bowl in honor of our buddy Philip Rivers sailing off into the sunset. We'll do that when we return. Arthur Boats, Wesley Euler. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. 
Getting wild, wild, wild inside the electric factory. It's Arthur Motes and Wesley Euler, the Steelers Blitz on SNR. Motesy, we've had a bunch of tweets rolling in today, so I want to get to those. A lot of thoughts on Phillip Rivers, on Hugh Jackson, on Dwayne Haskins. We'll get to all that reaction in just a minute. But first, Arthur Motes, are you ready? Are you ready? I said, are you ready? Is that Triple H? I believe so because the next part of that goes to <laughs> if you're not down with a certain group. Oh yeah, I got two particular words that you know not you exactly uh, appropriate for the show here. Nah, definitely not PG-13. <laughs> That's the attitude error. We don't need that. Are the most I got for you my top five quarterback list. Hey now, of some really dang good quarterback, some really daggum good quarterbacks, as Philip Rivers would say, it. who never won the Super Bowl. Mm-mm-mm. You ready? I don't think I am, but let's do this. <laughs> Number one on the list, Motsi. Uh, it's pretty clear and obvious for me. It's Dan Marino. Oh, okay, 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 okay. If you look at this guy's numbers, I mean, it's ridiculous. In the 80s, he was throwing for 48 touchdowns and 5,000 yards. Insane, In bro. the 80s. Insane. Um, made it to the Super Bowl. In, in, in Miami during the 80s. A lot of distractions during that time frame. <laughs> oh, you ain't lying. Uh, 48 touchdown passes in 1984. The most in the in NFL history Dude, until th- Peyton this, Manning came around. Think, think about that. Think about Mahomes when he just threw for the 50 piece and how we were like looking at that like, whoa, like this doesn't happen. He threw 48. Marino did that. In 84. Oh, like, what? That's stupid. What? Stupid. And, Mo, like, you know for me, on, you know for man. me, to, that show, even sound to, right. show, to show love for a pit guy for me is always painful. Listen, but that doesn't even it doesn't, sound it's, it's, right. It looks fake. He threw for 5,084 passing yards and 48 touchdowns in the mid-80s. In Miami. In my uh, Viva. In Miami. Moss, Miami. Wow. Um, and, and you wow. know what's funny? I remember too when I uh, when I first started interning for the WVU athletic department, mm-hmm. and I was you know very low man on the totem pole, right? Like I'm I'm standing there in 95 d- degree days in July, holding a camera at football practice. You know, I'm I'm going back through old film to pull out highlights, and I'm talking like 80s and 90s film mm. to pull out highlights and stuff. They had me do these. It would have been late 70s, early 80s. It, they were putting together a backyard brawl thing, and I had to go through and watch a lot of the highlights. And my goodness, Arthur Motes. Dan Marino in college. Dog. It'd be like it'd be Boy, like if dog. We, it'd be like if, it'd be like if you and I went to it'd be like if you and I went to recess somewhere, and I know that's not happening now because of COVID times, but if you and I went to recess somewhere in western Pennsylvania and you were playing football against a bunch of fifth graders, oh yeah. Like that's what the highlights looked like. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. That's Absolutely insane. Right. Dan Marino, number one on my list. Number two, this one didn't take much thought either. You it's know Jim, how crazy it is though, for Kelly. him to be able to do that to grow him in? <laughs> that is nuts. I just thought about that analogy you just said about us going to recess. Some growing ups for some little kids. <laughs> and we talk about a grown man doing this. It's, it, it is, bro. Like, again, I am not a guy who, who, oh gives, my who gives love <laughs> like, to, to pit athletics very often. But if you want to be amazed, just go back and watch. Just I'm sure it's on YouTube. Just Seriously. YouTube Dan Marino pit highlights. Like it's yeah. it's insane. It looks like the the like the the high school senior playing football with a bunch of fifth graders at yes. recess. It's, you, yep. it's nuts. Uh Marino number one for me. Number two, another Western Pennsylvania guy. Ooh, we got multiple. Pit. Jim Kelly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta have him. Another Hall of Famer. Man. See, and, and me and you, you you know we talked about this a little bit off the mic. I would have had him at one. So, like, I know you went Marino because of the, the numbers, what he was able to do. And trust me, the numbers speak volumes. 
But for me, the reason I had Jim four at one, straight. the four straight, you go to four in a row and not win one of those things, like, at least with Marino, it was multiple reasons why they would come up short. Right. But not him getting there multiple times he and only not got coming there up once. short. Yeah. Right. So it's like, you go there, you and they lost to, back when it was called the, the Redskins, with the with, with Joe Green, I mean, excuse me, Joe Gibbs. Joe Gibbs. So it's like. And the Hogs. But it's like, outside of that, they never even had the opportunity no, he to He only made it play to three AFC championship yeah. games in his career. That's it. Like, like I look at him kind of like. Jim Kelly went to more Super Bowls exactly. than Marino did AFC championships. Right. Games. So for me, I'm just like. Man, there's something about going to to that many and losing them. It, it starts to you. I I look at the Jim Kelly. I'm like, you flirting more over LeBron. You know what I mean? Just because of how many you went to and dropped. Whereas we would look at Dan Marino, kind of like how we would look at. Oh, oh this guy he only, he only went to AI for example. He only went Ooh. to one, so we don't really yeah. we don't really knock him for playoff success or not right. winning a big one in the finals. We just assume his team was never yeah, good it was enough. Like, oh, around it him good and, enough. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's why for me, I'm like, I like that, Allen. With, with Marino, I'm like, I, I never viewed Marino as like a failure. It was like, bro, you were still just crazy. You were just with the Dolphins. Yeah, Miami during the '80s. Like, Miami did you expect? Yeah, you know, it's just Miami during the '80s. <laughs> Whereas I'm like with Kelly, I'm like, bro, Jim Kelly, you what? You have four. Chances, and, 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 and let's be real. If we talk about some of the matchups. You might even been viewed as the favorite in multiple of it's, those matchups. It's insane. It really. I had to explain this to my wife like two weeks ago, right? With with all the Bills mafia craze yeah. and the Bills being back in the Super Bowl or back in the playoffs and winning the division and winning playoff games. And my wife is like, "Man, they are going nuts." I'm like, "Babe, they went to four straight mm-hmm. Super Bowls in the '90s." And didn't win one, and they Four haven't. Straight. They haven't had much to get excited about since then. Like, and, I, and she was like, "What?" And I was like, "Yeah, could you imagine four straight? Just, just pick your favorite team. Them Four's going to the championship straight. four straight years and not winning one. I, you're, you're the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, think about Philly. Four straight NFC championship games. I it, guess it, Morgan. I guess yeah. my wife, my dear wife, could relate to that. Feeling. But, but, but that feeling doesn't hurt the same because it was NFC championship. Right. It's different. It's the confetti game. Oh. I've lost Moats, an AFC Championship game. Moats, w- that ain't, it, it hurt, but it ain't feel the same as when I talk to my compadres that have lost in the confetti game. In the confetti game. They say it feel like you got your heart ripped yeah. out, stabbed, oh. put back in, ripped out again, and stabbed, and then spit on. Repeat process. I can't. If the Steelers went to four straight Super Bowls and lost all four, if the Penguins went to four straight Stanley Cups. I, and like you said, I, would, I don't know. Straight, what, like, I, I would not know what to do with Think myself. about the hope that you have each time, too, like, Oh, history's on our side. We can't lose two the in a row. The second one, they were like, oh, we can't lose two. The you, third one, you're definitely not losing three in a Fourth row. Fourth one, I mean, this is just ordained. Bro, no, from, no, no one can lose four in a row. This is Lord, all right? right? We can't lose. We got it to four in a row. This is God given mm-hmm. right here. Nuts. <laughs> the, K, Nuts. the K-Gun offense, Jim Kelly. Beauty. Absolute beauty. Yes, Arthur Motes, number three on my list. Randall Cunningham. Oh, you like that, huh? I, Dude, I was a big Randall Cunningham fan. You like that? Big. I loved his game, baby. One of the first Man, he used to have the half sleeves. You know where the half guys. sleeves. Man, him yep. and Simeon Rice were the biggest reasons why I would wear half sleeves when I played in the games, man, because I, I got to watch him. Obviously, Cowboys fan, mm-hmm. but my first introduction to him, I didn't see him in Philly. Thanksgiving the Vikings. game, Vikings, Randy Moss, and they torched us. And from then on, it's like, who is this kid with the half sleeves? Like, this is a dope look. And then Simeon Rice, oh, he's a pass yep. rusher like me. Yep. Half sleeve. Man, absolutely. Yo, Randall. Oh, yes, yes, yep. yes. 
Randall Cunningham, Cunningham and John Randall. Dude. Oh, you know I love John Randall, right? Mm-hmm. One of my favorite pastors. Oh, I know we've talked Six about this and before. Under Crew, man. Absolutely, I told you the time man. where I got starstruck by John Randall at the Super Tell Bowl you, on, on on Radio Row. Hit you with eight. Six but and Under knocked, Crew, baby. He knocked on our little door and was like, and I opened the door and hey. it's John Randall, and I'm like, I'm picturing the face paint. And everything. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It hit different, right? Oh. It hits different. Oh, dude, I was weak in the knees. I was like, oh, it's John Randall, guys, okay, hey. guys, John Randall's here. He wants to do a it's, segment on the show. It's John, guys. It is John. I don't know. If y'all know this, John is right here. <laughs> I've just pictured him on the on the cover of Madden oh, with the right, face no paint question. all over him. Oh, the best. But yeah, no, I, I think back to that. It, uh, it was been like 97, 98, I think. N- yeah, 98. Yeah. Because, yeah, because 98 was when the Falcons went to the Super Bowl and mm-hmm. lost to Elway for Elway for the back to backs. Yep. That Viking, Gary Anderson missing that field goal, dude, that Vikings team no was one. so yeah. good. So good. Yeah, freaking kickers! I tell you what, that's and and kickers with them little stank bars like that. Like, why you got that one bar on your face mask? It just look old and nasty. And that's why he missed. Uh, number four on my list is Philip Rivers. All right, okay, okay, okay. We, we okay. we've just laid out Philip Rivers, we, very we talented. Never made it to a Super Bowl. Only one never AFC lost championship one then, huh? game. Never lost. So Undefeated. Said, never undefeated lost. Undefeated in the Super. Bowl. I got Phil Rivers number four, and then from the crib. Don't you, are you, do I get my dog? I got Michael Vick. I got Michael Vick. Number five. That my boy. That my homie. Number yes, five. Indeed. Michael Vick. Uh, one of Shout the, out to the crib. One of the best, most electric, not just quarterbacks, but athletes that we've the ever first seen. first human video game. Carried that Falcons organization for a couple years when they weren't very good around him. Won that epic playoff game against Brett Favre at Lambeau. Lost in the NFC Championship game when Andy Reid and the Eagles finally the first got over the hump. Signature shoes, the 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 Vicks. Mike w- Vick. was playing in the Jordans. Number five. Now splitting safeties, going eighty. There's some good names in front that, that I have some honorable mentions for you here too. Okay. Arthur Motes. Um, so again, real quick, uh, my list of top five quarterbacks to never win the Super Bowl: Marino one, Jim Kelly two, Randall Cunningham, Philip Rivers, and Mike Vick. My honorable mentions though, some studs here too: Fran Tarkington, Warren Moon. Oh, Warren. And you ready for this one? Oh, man. Straight out of Alcorn State. You better talk about Steve. Air McNair. You better talk about Steve. Steve McNair. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Don't play with me now. Talk talk about Steve, baby. That is my list, and I'm sticking to it. Steve McNair was one of the first quarterbacks, uh, one of the first non-Steelers that I really liked growing up just in the late 90s. He was electric, one yard short against the Rams in the greatest show on turf. That was a crazy game, man. Like I told you, that was one of my first like legit like memory memories of watching it and understanding mm-hmm. it like my mm-hmm. Super Bowl. And you know, a lot of people forget too. Two thousand and six, mm-hmm. right after the Steelers won the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. McNair led the Ravens to a thirteen and three record. Whew! That's my list, Arthur Motes. And I'm sticking to it. Some really good oh, quarterbacks. That clean. I, I, on that usually, list. you know, I like to come over here and disagree. For me, I agree with everything you except the top. Yeah, I'm, I'm, swi- I'm, I'm Like I said, the four in a row, it just hits a little bit different for me. Whereas with Marino, like I said, man, dominant throughout, just lack of opportunities. If he got, if he had two opportunities and lost them, cool, all right. But the four in a row, I just, yeah. Arthur Motes, let's take our last break here. We got the tweets rolling in. We will get to those on the other side. Motsi, Euler, mm-hmm. Stellar's Blitz on SNR.
for sitting by the fire. My grandma told your grandma, I'm gonna set your flag on fire. You're talking about me now. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. To the tweets we go to wrap up the show. Arthur Motes, our buddy Cuban Dan says 27 to 14 Steelers this weekend. I know it doesn't apply, but I just wanted to feel like we're still in it. <laughs> like it, baby. That one's on about. I'm with you. We always in it. <laughs> we're not leaving. Uh, Steeler Bomb 2030 says off topic Iverson versus LeBron in their absolute prime one on one. Who would you pick? One on one? I'm going LeBron just because the height advantage. Well, AI Hangle gave it to me on defense. Like he gonna compete, but he's six one. Yeah, you're not stopping six nine one on one half court. Yeah, when he's got an eight, he's got an but, eight but, inch. But I will say this though, my man, he I gonna get buckets. That's oh, what he's sure. gonna do. It, sure. It'd be like a twenty one nineteen. Yeah, one of them. Yeah, it'd be close. But I think yeah, the height advantage would just be him. that's yeah. It's more so whenever there's Bron height misses. advantage and then there's a height advantage. Like, that and that's, is, yeah. that's like an eight nine inch difference. Like LeBron probably could jump. Over AI, like realistically, like you know who definitely could Vince Carter. Uh, I mean, we saw him jump over a seven set, footer. Yeah. In the uh, TC says here, uh, Philip Rivers had Tomlinson and Gates. What offensive weapons did Manning have? Now hold on, TC, hold on. We ain't gonna do this really and act like Eli Manning he did it by Tiki himself. Barber? Tiki Barber won with him. Now Tiki Barber was gone by the time they won the Super Bowl. So Correct, I'm but sure. still he still had Tiki but for a while though. Let's he had two All Pro offensive linemen, Sean O'Hara, arguably yeah. the best center of that generation, mm-hmm. and what was the guard's name? Um, Chris Snee. Yes, yes, yes. Both All Pros. Had was it Mario Manningham? Mario and who Manningham, was the other receiver? Uh, Plexico Burris. Yeah, uh, Hakeem Nicks. That's the other one. Hakeem, yeah, because yeah, Armani Toomer. Yeah. Victor Cruz, when Victor Cruz is healthy. Yeah. Eli had some really nice weapons. He never, he never, like. Young, young Odell. Odell. I mean, the catch mm. Odell. That, that, yeah. The catch he, doesn't happen. He didn't have, because Tiki was gone, so they he didn't have a great run game when they won those two Super Bowls. No, but they had but look uh, at the they offensive had Bradshaw. Line. Look at the offensive line. They did have Ahmad Bradshaw. That's true. Say, what are, he's still a good back. He was there for, what, 10 years? Look at the, I mean, he had two all pros on his offensive line. He had a lot of wide receivers. I mean, Hall of Fame coach in terms of Tom Coughlin. Yeah. Yeah. Eli Manning had some had some had he some had nice help. help around him. And that doesn't even talk now, about the defense that he had out there. Well, I, T, I was going to say T, yes. TC says the years that Eli won the Super Bowl his defenses were ranked 17th and 25th. Mm-hmm. That's fair, but man, That's look fine. how good they were in the Super in the, in the playoffs. Justin Tuck yeah. and JPP you and know Michael how Strahan. Listen, you know how I feel those about dudes took over in you the You know how I feel when we talk statistics. It tells you a piece of the story, not the whole story. That's it, man. You you watched that, yeah, like you talked about, man. Justin Tuck, uh, OCU man, Ura. I mean, you you go on absolutely. You look at those guys during those years, and you tell me that was the seventeenth best group. That's all I'm saying, baby. I like it though. I'm I'm now I'm, but thinking, he I'm trying though. to think. He definitely uh, had help. Antrell Roll was a good safety. Yeah, because he um, didn't get Seahorn. He missed Seahorn. I I agree with TC. Like, Eel, uh. uh Philip Rivers should have made it to more than one AFC Championship game. I agree for sure, but let's not let's but not what say I want to know that, is that who are the teams that he lost to during those time frames though. Philip Rivers, yeah, because it's easy for us to say he should have made it to more, but I'm like, who was I know he? They lost to the it, Patriots a lot. They lost say, to the Colts like, a few like, times. I like, think. What, what are we talking about here? <laughs> Hold on, let's bring it up here. Let's bring it up. So where do you want to start? Um, start okay. at the first one. Uh, la, 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 la. So after Drew Brees, we'll take the Drew Brees years right. out of it. 
Um, 06, they lost in the first round of the playoffs to the Patriots. Okay. 07, they went to the AFC Championship game and lost to the Patriots. Okay. 2008, they lost, They won. They beat the Colts in the wild card uh-huh. and lost to the Steelers. Okay. In the divisional round, the San Antonio Holmes right. and the Snow game. Uh-huh. Next year, they lost to the Rex Ryan uh, AFC Jets. AFC Championship, championship game, yeah, game Jets, uh, 17 to 14. Uh-huh. Did not make the playoffs for three straight years. Okay. Then in 2013, they beat the Bengals in the first round, mm-hmm. lost to the Peyton Manning. <laughs> Wait, would that have been 13? Or no? No, was no, no. Peyton Manning not Peyton there Peyton Manning was still in, um, he was still with the Colts in 13. That's right. That's right. Who was the quarterback? Who was the Broncos quarterback? What year was that? You in said 13? 2013. No, it was Peyton Manning. That was his first year. Wow. It was Peyton Manning. That was good Peyton Manning. Oh yeah, remember, goodness, first year Peyton was good. Yeah, first year Peyton was good. Yeah, okay, so. Ooh. So then, I, I'm still waiting to hear this team that they should have. And then in 2018, lost to the Patriots. So so w- w- during this time frame, because we keep saying he should have been to more. W- which which of those opponents? <laughs> yeah, 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 maybe he should have beaten Mark Sanchez and those Jets teams. The one that went to the championship game. They did. Yeah. They did. But yeah. Yeah, but other than that, every 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 time he lost, it was to Brady, Manning, or Roethlisberger. <laughs> That's like, it. That's what it. are we talking about here? That's it. Like we, we th- for for that to be the knock on him, just that's why I always say. Don't just solely look at the statistics. Don't just solely look at the record and say, well, we need more of it. Explain to me how you were going to get that when yeah. he was going and, up against that. And and like TC points out, Philip Rivers had a couple Hall of Famers in Ladanian Tomlinson and in um. Tight end, the tight end, Antonio Gates. Oh, Gates, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, but Eli, Eli had some nice teams, and yeah. I would, I would argue, a better head coach as well too than than Philip Rivers ever had. It's hey, it's it's a fun debate. It is, and yeah, you know what? Give it a couple years when when oh, all these guys man. are up We're for Hall of Fame, and we, we, this is going to get debated more. at nauseum. Way more. Uh, Steel City, you know champs. what's going to end up happening too? What's going to because the offset of how they retired with Eli compared to Philip. I don't think Eli gets in initially, so we're gonna hear this a ton. Oh. That follow when well, it's Phillips first and Eli. It's funny, yeah, you, oh my god! It's funny you say that because Steel City Champ says, um, "I want you guys to mark this tweet, and hopefully I'm wrong." But he says, "I think Rivers and Eli Manning will get in before Ben." And he says, why? The Manning uh, Manning has the name, Rivers mm-hmm. has the numbers. Mm-hmm. He said, "I don't agree with it, but I, I I'm just saying." I'm not hmm. gonna lie; I can see it happening. But to me, I, a lot of that too depends on if Ben plays another two years. Yeah. That's a lot of time. I mean, Eli Manning, I don't think is going to be a first ballot guy, but I don't think he's going to have to wait much longer after Correct. the first year. Yeah. Same with Philip Rivers. Ben will. I think Ben's going to be a first ballot guy, but mm-hmm. if you look at the timelines of when they retire, this is true. I mean, Eli retired last year or two years ago. Last year. Last year. Yeah. So four years from now, I Cause mean, he, yeah, because yeah. that was the Daniel Jones. This is Daniel Jones' third year, and he had the first if, year where they did the experiment, and then from there, so he if, took there's, over. If, if Ben plays three seasons longer than Eli, Eli's going to be second ballot, third ballot opportunity before Ben. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, yeah interesting. I like the prediction, Steel City. I like you going out on a limb there. I like it. Um, <laughs> the lit one, Rebecca. And we were wondering about you too. We were over here like we have. <laughs> we, we literally did during one of the breaks that. Hey, yeah, we have a lit one hasn't tweeted us in a while. She, we thought you were a regular season tweeter. You about you, to lose your status as a VIP like part of the show. You know what I mean, good friend of the show. We, we know what's going on. She said that we should, uh, you know, you know that Patreon. That uh, do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, it's, like a, it's like a, uh-huh. a tool for people who do podcasts yes. or radio to get funding and stuff. Mm-hmm. She said we should look into Patreon. She'd help us with some funding for us to do <laughs> extra show. <laughs> 
Um, let's see here. Let's see here. Let's get to some more. Uh, Wallace says, I keep reading that the cap is projected to be about $180 million, but does that include a 17th regular season game? If not, how much would that increase the cap? I would imagine those projections include yeah, that, Mozi. They, yeah, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I think they will. But I keep saying that the numbers – it's still fluctuating a little bit in terms of what they think is going to be. It, they, they, I want to say what I saw was either it, it would plateau or, oh, my goodness. I don't want to throw the number out there and be wrong, but, oh, man. Like in terms of? Like the cap, yeah, in terms of where it's supposed to go to. Yeah, Gotcha. Yeah. So it's like it's going to plateau for like a year, you yeah, think, and, and then, then it'll jump to, back yeah, it's up. Yeah, have a nice little bump after. Okay. I'm just, I can't remember the exact numbers on it, but. Maybe like up to 210 or something like that. It was like something, that. yeah, but either way, that's supposed, like I said, supposed to be an air coach right now. Yeah. But we'll you know see. how the NFL works, man. One, one minute they're we'll telling us this, see. and then before you know it, it's, oh, yeah, we got extra 20 just sitting around here. Like, where did this come from? Um, some interesting ones from Annie here. Uh, first of all, she wants to know the balance of hi- if, if the Steelers were to hire an OGOC like Hugh Jackson to go with a new wave quarterback. How does that play out? I feel like with Hugh, he's had the opportunity to work with various quarterbacks he's with under a lot of various kinds of quarterbacks. times a year yeah. as well. I don't think that that's going to be an issue with him. I, I, I personally just think right now, if he's we're talking about him as an OC, like yeah, yeah. he he's it's, it's no different when I think of like older um, older defensive coordinators, guys that have had success. They come in and it's like, oh, Wink Martindale, how are you gonna adjust to you know this new wave of defense? Okay, I got you. Just give me a second. Here. Wade Phillips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Wade, man, you can't adjust to this. Oh, okay, hold on, I got okay, you. Hold just, on, just wait. Def- we're in the Super Bowl. Like, like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So to me, I look at it like this: certain people, man, they're just good at what they do. And it doesn't matter who, you know, what what pieces they have. They just understand how to to teach it. They understand how to scheme certain things. And they're just good in terms of just having a feel for when to call certain things. Certain coaches. I mean, it doesn't matter how old you are. You just have that. You either have it or you don't. And, and yeah, I agree. Hugh, Hugh, Hugh has what that what I, he takes. I think so. And he has a couple more quick hitters here. Uh, toughest division foe this upcoming season. I'm going to go with the Browns. I'm going to go with the Browns. Until I can see that Ravens offensive line get back to form, they're losing Mark Ingram. They need desperately some weapons on the outside. I think I'm going to go with Cleveland. This is the only thing I don't like. As long as they can keep that roster together before they have to pay Baker Mayfield. This is my problem. Asking me this in January, I feel like we have to say Cleveland. But the draft in my free heart, agency I feel and, yeah. like Cincinnati is more of a long-term threat. But for Ooh. them, I need to see what they do with their O line. Like that's their big thing. Defensively, mm-hmm. they're gonna have some short. They're gonna have some shortcomings. I don't. That doesn't like alarm me. Joe Burrow, I feel like is good enough that he elevates those cool. around him. But you got to protect him. And until I see them go out and through free agency or draft address the offense line. I just can't do that. Yeah, I think they're yeah. still a year away from absolutely from and being with Baltimore. We just have their number a year away. Like we have we have Baltimore's yeah. number right now, so I just don't think that that's not as frightening to me. Cleveland, I'm chalking it up to as a one off. Ooh, I yeah. am. We'll have plenty of time to get into oh, all yeah, we this will. as we because as to we me, I'm just along. like in the history of us being Steelers fans. How often have we seen them self destruct to the point where they spot a team 28 points in the first quarter? Outside of Kansas City, who they played, I think was in 2018, they got down 21 zip. Was that when I Mahomes threw the five yes. touchdown passes or whatever? Yes. I can't remember 
a lot of instances where I've seen this team implode like that. And if this team isn't imploding like that, I don't think the Browns are that much – I don't think the Browns are better than them if all things are considered. I mean, let's be real. You look at the final score, but you look at how the fourth or the third and fourth quarter played out, yeah, that was a different ball game. We both know that. So that's why for me I'm just – I'm not – I'm with you. With the Browns. I'm, I'm with just, you. Yeah. Um, and then Annie wants to know, when you're doing team building, right, free mm-hmm. agency, draft, all those things, do you build your team through the scope of your division, through the scope of your conference – or you just try and create a unique identity that, that hopefully does both of those things? Honestly, I've heard it's a mix of all of it. Depends on where you are. Yeah. like I mean, you hear some people, they say Cleveland, they they're drafted. They're talking about how to beat the Steelers here. and the Ravens. When I was in Buffalo, that was the mindset. Mm-hmm. We're drafting to figure out how can we catch New England? What can we do to get New England? We felt like we were fine with the Jets and the Dolphins, but New England. But then in Arizona, I don't remember any of those conversations. It was more so, what can we do to put together just a good product on the field? Right. We don't care what it looks like. And you could just see with the people that they were picking up and, and just how hodgepodge and mismatch it was. And it's like, all right, we're going to keep doing so we figure out something that sticks. And they kind of have that right now with Kyler Murray in terms of, all right, this is a product we could put out there and feel confident with it. Everybody is different. It's kind of like that philosophy in terms of some people, when they talk about building a team, they want to build from inside out. They're starting O-line and working mm-hmm. out. Some are uh, defense. Some are some defense. Are, yeah. Some are quarterback. Some are wide receiver. Like, it just depends. It's personal preference. I don't think there's a right or a wrong way to do it, but you just got to make sure that whichever way you're doing, you're effective in that. Randy says, missing you guys uh, with the normal weekly shows, but if you had to speculate a percentage chance that Ben's come comes back, what would, you, what would it be? I say 75% he comes back. That's Randy saying 75%. Yeah. Um, so I think I, I think ninety five percent. I would be very surprised if, if Ben's not back. I feel like ninety five and, and the five percent is in the highly unlikely alternate universe <laughs> where Ben says I'm horrible. I'm only playing for my contract, and the Steelers say, Well, you know what? We're not even gonna try to renegotiate this thing. We're just gonna cut you. Yeah, that's the five percent in the alternate Ooh. universe where we're you know right now we're not even here. We're you know holograms talking <laughs> because it's virtual. I and, think I'm here. Yeah, you but know I could be in my bedroom just pa- staring par- at the wall. Parallel universes Saying and football, all this. Football, that, football, that, football. That, that's that 5% that, that yeah would have to happen for him not to be back next year. Jared's uh, in on Dwayne Haskins. Sign him cheap. If he doesn't hit, no big thing. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget he was good enough to beat out Joe Burrow at Ohio State. Ooh, does have a point there. He does have and a point there. I think it could benefit him to two things. Number one, he's from the D.C. area. Going back home as a young quarterback not always great yeah i know for me for a fact i couldn't handle being back home that was my biggest fear even when i decided to go to college it was like i'm not going to the schools in my area i just can't be around my guys like that and then even when i came in and i'm in the nfl my first game being in dc that's when we started it was like even then it was like man we come on baby we're doing too much right here and that was just a one day thing so a change of scenery could people, really be A lot of people trying him, to, to have yeah, to be a part of your life and and and, and have and your time. Also, and also, you think about him, he'll be able to get at least a little bit of mentorship from a guy who was young in this league, franchise quarterback, mm-hmm. prominent franchise, has some controversy surrounding him mm-hmm. and how he handled those scenarios. I think that could be a perfect a perfect situation for him as well, man, to help with his maturity. Low risk, high reward. Uh, Chris says. Haskins uh, having these visits or interviews with the Steelers makes me believe that Matt Canada will be the offensive coordinator uh, because he seems like the type of quarterback that would fit Canada's scheme. Maybe. 
We shall see. We shall see. We shall see, man. There are a lot of dots to be connected here, uh, what, over the next couple weeks, next couple months. Um, Unless they want to surprise and just make all the moves tomorrow. I knew we don't have to worry <laughs> Irie about it. says, I'm with Moats. The Browns are going to flop. It'll be the Bungles because they're always just randomly good. <laughs> this is the truth. Like, think, think what that was, was it? Was it 13? Was 13 a random year where they won it? And then 15, they randomly won it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's nonsense. It is nonsense. It's like, how? Nonsense. Like, what are you doing? Uh, the lit one chimes back in. Lit, 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 lit. I'm always listening to my homeboys. I had the Rona and I was down and out like our Steelers, but I'm glad to be on the up and up again. Well, all the best to you. Yes, indeed. Lit one. And to everybody who's, who's on the recovery. dealt with Corona or, I mean, just it, flu season this time of year, all that stuff. Anybody that, no, who's, that doesn't exist. Anybody, it's right. Everything's Corona Everything now, right? Everything is the Rona. I came in here today. I blew my nose before we started the show and Moats went, <gasps> <laughs> just like that too. <gasps> Oh my God! What are you doing? <laughs> you can't blow your nose. You know what that is? <laughs> and now, like now, I got a scratch in my throat for making that sound <laughs> twice in a row. All right, one last refresh of the Twitter here. Uh, last one I'm seeing is from Francis. Oh, oh my goodness! Arthur Motes. Breaking news. Breaking news. Arthur Motes, according to Albert Breer. Dwayne Haskins has a new home and has signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I like it. Ooh, I Arthur Motes. like it. Nothing like getting breaking news while we're in the air, too, baby. Nothing shout like shout out to us for the breaking news. Nothing, woo, 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 woo. nothing like uh, getting breaking news when we're literally a minute over when we should have gone to break already. <laughs> we did it what? on purpose. That's why I didn't pay attention to the clock because it looks like we had some big news. We so, were planning this, guys. So, there we go, folks. Ta-da. Nothing official from the Steelers, uh, but a lot of Adam Schefter reporting it now. Adam Breer reporting it now. A lot of big-name people saying that Dwayne Haskins is planning to sign with the Pittsburgh Steelers today or tomorrow. So, Motsi, when we come back next week, we will have even more to discuss. We'll mm-hmm. know if this is officially official yet. We might have an offensive coordinator, an offensive line coach by then. We'll know what type of deal it was for Haskins. Was it just a one-year thing? Is it maybe a two- or three-year deal? Arthur Motes. But it looks like um, looks like it's just a matter of time now, and Dwayne Haskins will be officially announced. Ah, like it, you know. <laughs> ah, like it. Last last one here. <laughs> uh, Francis tweets about my um, you know my me saying that you know just yesterday I mm-hmm. said Dwayne Haskins is never going to be a Steeler, and then it happens. He says, "Can you say that same thing about the Sean Watson too?" Now? Yeah, ser- seriously, man. <laughs> And Rod Dalla chimes in. We'll do last but not least here. Rod Dalla says, I can't remember. The, the only thing is I can't remember the last time Ohio State had a good quarterback in the NFL. Okay. okay. But that's, that's you know, I can't remember the last time Wyoming had a good quarterback in the NFL, but they got Josh Allen now. I can't remember the last time when Miami the last Ohio- time Alabama had a good quarterback in the NFL. Joe Namath? No, like seriously. I'm, try- I'm trying to think, like. AJ McCarron I, wasn't like that. Did Miami of Ohio have any good quarterbacks before Ben Roethlisberger came around? Mm. LSU didn't have a ton of good dudes out there, but Joe Burrow sure looks pretty good. Mm. Hey, you're right, Rod Dalla. I can't remember the last time Ohio State had a good quarterback in the NFL, but that's not enough reason for. I mean, I think Justin Fields is going to be really good. He's an Ohio State guy. Yeah. So, uh, so we'll see what happens here. Arthur Motes, a lot of takes today. I like it. I like it. Thanks to everybody for the participation. Everyone who chimed in, great stuff as always. And uh, wow, 
We got a lot to marinate on here. Sure do. For the next three days, four days or so until we're that back. That like some excitement. You know what? I'm excited because when we come back, <laughs> it's we're a takeover too. It's like on my show We're going to play to talk about. Arthur Motz is already, he's already over there doing the outline for Tuesday. Let's go. We're good. Don't worry about it. We're good. We're good. Uh, so that'll be it. Maybe, you know what oh, I might have man. to do, Motsi, is maybe tomorrow or on Monday, I might have to have you on, on the 970 show to discuss some of these, <laughs> right. to discuss some of these things. Serious, man. Um, but, you know, get at us on Twitter. You know where to find us. We'll be sharing our thoughts, obviously, on all this over the next couple of days. And then we'll be back next week when I would imagine a lot of these things we have speculated on, Motsi, could become officially official in the uh, the next three or four days mm-hmm. here. Uh, so that'll do it for us this week. Again, thanks to everybody. Seriously, even if we agree with you, disagree with you, whatever. We love the tweets as always. Um, Thank you to everybody except Baltimore. Everybody except Baltimore. <laughs> and thank you to... Uh, Ron Rivera. Yeah. Cutting Dwayne Haskins. Here we go. We're moving along. It looks like uh, Dwayne Haskins is going to officially become a Pittsburgh Steeler here pretty soon. Hopefully that great value tastes good. We'll be back on Tuesday to discuss what that means. We'll have more moving, I'm sure, with the OC position and everything by then. So we'll talk to you guys then. High noon on Tuesday. That's the time, and you always know where to find us. It's on your 24-7. Home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio.